Hello and welcome to Fake Movie Experts, the movie review podcast that breaks down one movie out of a franchise at a time. See, I'm all just out of yeah. You are uh... right It's because of this movie because we're doing the Oceans franchise <laughs> and Oceans Thirteen. Ocean, we're doing Ocean Thirteen, and I I sent you guys a text after watching, going, "It's a movie." So, so that that's was a thing. That's what we're gonna be talking about today. Oceans 13. <laughs> I'm your host, Joseph Lessel. I'm alongside here with Ricky Marcelli. Yeah, it's like they knew all the things that made the first two great and what made it kind of not great, and decided to flip what they were gonna do as to the majority of the movie. Also, uh, in this little show of ours, the man that we would like to Maybe call it our own Oceans 13, <laughs> one Keith Swetland. That we've been doing this podcast for a while. That might be the, the one that got me. <laughs> it, stings. it stings the nostrils. Yeah, but hey, hey, before we get into Oceans, I want to chat about a fun movie I saw that we probably won't plot about. So I, I, I went and saw The Northman. It was very, very cool. Highly recommend Hey, it. I asked to go see that movie with you, jerk yeah. face. Yeah, and I went and saw it without you, and I feel... Not not great. <laughs> not no, great. he doesn't. No, he doesn't. You don't you know, care. No, but what I have to say about that movie is the don't trust the advertising on it. They make it look like kind of a snooty art house flick. It is like very cool and gory and very good action. It's a great, great, great movie. You and I saw different ads. I knew it was what I saw was gory borderline Viking porn. Oh yeah. Yep. That yep, that's what it was. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> um, that's good. The guy I'm, who's I'm, I'm not I think they can it, so. I think they confuse because the director for the movie is an art house horror guy. And this was like his first like epic. Yeah. So I think that's where people might get confused. Yeah, because I saw Witch, so that's a little bit what I was expecting going in. It was sort of like a slow burn artsy flick, and that's not what it was. And there's lots of very, very handsome dudes in it. <laughs> who are very off. very cut yes <laughs> well kind of like oceans except they're all kind of soft in oceans now they're all they've, they've all had money for a while <laughs> like with these ocean movies once again they have all the money in the world but they don't portray it like they do <laughs> well so, part of that's just because and they talk about this in two is that or they might have talked about it in this one i don't remember that they're kind of addicted. No, they talked about it in two. They're addicted to doing the scores. Like mm-hmm. Danny talks about the fact that like he can't go into a bank without casing it and trying to figure out what he could do to rob it. Like it's just like ingrained in his DNA. Mm-hmm. That's like the deepest character development. He's <laughs> like, boy, boy, they sure love stealing. <laughs> yes, they do. Um, so this movie we're going to be talking about today is Ocean's 13. Came out in 2007, PG-13, runtime of two hours and two minutes. Once again, directed by Steven Soderbergh. Returning cast, George Clooney, Brad Pitt, Matt Damon, Andy Garcia, Don Cheadle, Bernie Mac, Elliot Gold, Casey Affleck, Scott Kahn, uh, Eddie Jemison, uh, Shabu Kin, Carl, Carl Reiner, Eddie Izzard from 12, and New... To the cast, Al Pacino and Ellen Barkin. 
not returning is Julia Roberts and Catherine Zeta Jones, because they said they would return if their characters had to had more plot and had <laughs> more stuff to do with the movie. And they said, no, man. And did the movie miss them? Like <laughs> comparative to two, this felt so empty without them which i was surprised i was surprised at how much the movie missed julia roberts and Catherine zeta jones like they were such a grounding element to the movie from all the like boy hijinks that without them the movie went too deep into the boy hijinks yeah she was like they're straight like they're, the two of them combined were kind of like their straight man like the, the, they kind of need them <laughs> to like get to yeah balance, like you said ground things but no like uh, just, oh, just a, a quick uh, little. Uh, I don't mean to steal your lore thunder here. I'm not sure if you caught it or not. I guess Steven Soderbergh used a pseudonym for the his. So he was also the cinematographer. He just went under a different name, which was kind of. Oh no! I, what an I, asshole! I, I thought, yeah, it's a little, a little snooty, but it, it, he's good. So I guess he can pull it off. It was like the movie, like the cinematography is pretty cool in these movies. So. Uh, I was going to say one more person who didn't return was uh, Topher Grace, who was in the other ones <laughs> talking with. Uh, yeah, that's true. He was going to be in it, but he had to do reshoots for Spider-Man 3. Oh, <laughs> unfortunate. Uh, but I guess the idea for this one was him is holding, talking to Brad Pitt's character while holding an Asian baby. And they never say why he's holding the Asian baby. Jesus, that you remember? Right. Remember in like the late 2000s when Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie were just like really cool to talk about and they're all their kids and that was like uh -huh. that was hilarious that was like peak comedy like, they have a bunch of kids right isn't that crazy they made a joke about that in this movie I know I hated end. it I hated it that super <laughs> meta joke that they put yeah. in there and he's hey, called come back fat yeah come back <laughs> well, that, with a few less pounds next time so I'll bring I'll just bring that up now because they did that in the meta way Oh yeah, <laughs> uh, um, because they mock each other. Uh, Rusty tells Danny to try and keep the weight off between jobs next time. This was reference to George Clooney who put on extra weight for his movie of Sirenia in 05. and it turned injured uh, and in turn injured his back while doing some stunts. Danny tells Rusty to settle down, have some kids, which is the reference to Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie. This is like the we start know how of well that ended. So like this, like the Dwayne, like the Rock and Kevin Hart humor sort of gets old to me. It's kind of grating, and they just like the Rock just insults people, and that's his jokes. Yeah, like, I'm I'm on the same bandwidth as you in so like, real time of that. <laughs> so like this is like sort of this feels like the early seeds of that kind of humor, and it's just that that one little moment for some reason I just like made me cringe. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm gonna say before we get in. Uh, who has seen this movie prior to? Because I have not. I thought I had until I watched it. And I'm like, I don't think I ever saw this movie. Because I didn't remember a goddamn thing about this movie. I know I saw it because I remember some of the like pranks they play on the hotel reviewer dude. But that's it. <laughs> I, don't, I don't remember anything else. They got like they got one of the most like legendary big actors of all time. And like I didn't remember him. 
<laughs> they got Al Pacino. Yeah. And, when he showed up, I was like, Al Pacino's in this fucking movie. Mm-hmm. And yeah. man, did it feel like Al Pacino was mailing it in for most of this movie. <laughs> well, he was only on set for three weeks. Jesus. So <laughs> that answers that question. Like at least Andy Garcia, like was super invested in his role, except till this movie where he also <laughs> felt like he was mailing it in a bit. Yeah. I, um, yeah. He, Garcia kind of grew on me in the last <laughs> 12. But man, like Al Pacino was just kind of like, I'm a bad guy. Watch me be bad. Like there was no cadence to him. There was no interesting aspect mm-hmm. to him. He's just like, I'm a bad guy. I went against the handshake of Sinatra. <laughs> Which in the original movies, uh, the director did not want to make kind of like any reference to the original Ocean's Eleven movie, but then this one they just went like, whatever. This is going to be our last one, so we'll just do whatever the hell we want with referencing Sinatra and stuff like that. But no, uh, yeah, also, this was my. I would say this also is just my- like Vegas is synonymous with Sinatra, so it's not even like doesn't even have. To, I mean, he is in the original movie, but like Vegas just has Sinatra references all the time, regardless because of yeah. the Rat Pack. It probably was a reference to the old oceans, but that's how I took it too, Rick. Was that it's oh, it's just a Las Vegas thing. Yeah, they're just doing yeah. some Las, they're just doing some Vegas shit. Uh, but yeah, no, this was my first time like watching this movie. I think I saw the trailer once when it came out, and I was like, man, I'm good. Uh, but like I had no idea that Al Pacino was even in this movie. Um, but like I don't know. So let's get into it because I'm looking at the poster and like the poster looks like they're above a coffin, but it's really like should, a roulette, like it's a table. Should I read the plot? Yeah, why not? All right, boys and girls, non-binary and everyone in between, please gather around for the reading to the plot of Ocean's 13. The movie dives right into it right off the bat as we find Ruben is fallen ill from a heart attack after being betrayed by a partner that everyone told him would betray him. Betrayed him. The team gets back together because no one crosses a friend. They give this villainous man, Al Pacino, a way out and he doesn't take it. Which leads to a fucking grueling like 50 <laughs> minutes of building up heist ideas with no charm to finally get into the heist which actually was kind of fun and charming rem- reminiscent of the first two but yeah that's that's the plot there's they get Andy Garcia back to help bankroll some of it and he tries to screw them over with the French guy which felt like kind of just a stupid plot line that never really played paid off yeah, there's no tribal trials or tribulations in this movie. They kind of just planned it and it went perfectly. Well, like, yeah. So, like, for this movie, it's like they planned it, but also, like, the whole, like, the like that first, like, you know, what is our uh, two hour, two minute runtime. And it's like for the first hour and 20, it's I'm going, uh, it's not going to work. 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 And then all of a sudden, you know, oh, wait, I have an idea. Oh, that might work. Ah, that's not going to work. And then it works. It was just one of- too much of the planning angle. Like the entire point of these movies was it was just watching people act and be charming. And there was no acting and being charming for like the first 
two thirds of the movie. Yeah, and part of like one of the symptoms of Ocean's Twelve is that that you're kind of conditioned to think that like what you're seeing isn't really what what's happening, and in this movie, it for the most part was what was really happening, which was kind of made it sort of dull, I guess. Like in Ocean's Twelve, once we hit like the fifty minute mark, you we think all this is happening, like what's happening to them in the movie is happening to them, but really the things offset or off scene you know or like it's already happened type stuff and this one like we've been saying it's just like the idea of oh we can't do it oh this is what's happening in real life and at the very end it's like oh yeah we actually did this it's like <laughs> no we wh- why did why why did we watch like with these ocean like with these ocean movies there's the idea of what we said the uh what's the, what does it say the from monsters inc the uh illusion something a line and like that's the whole point of these movies is to have you think one thing but it's really happening the other way but this one is just right down the middle this is what's happening yeah no bueno oh well and i mean i didn't i didn't totally hate the movie like i i, I was like the, the idea of rigging of casino so that everybody wins was fun i liked watching that like that setup, I like the like the plot with the dice was hilarious. They like went down to Mexico and started a revolution. Like, yeah, that was good. And the I, best part of the payoff for that though was when they they asked how much money it would take to like fix everything. Thirty six thousand dollars. <laughs> All right, so that comes out to about seven million. No, not each. Thirty six thousand total. <laughs> yeah, then they just do it and it gets fixed. That was and Casey. Casey Affleck, I I guess, well, problematic and can't. I don't know. Whatever. He's a great actor. <laughs> I like Casey Affleck. I, I I haven't heard anything about him, but like the, for me, it's like watching this movie, watching these movies, and just like seeing how like the chaos is happening in Mexico, and like in my head, I'm like, okay, this is part of the plan, you know? Like the whole the, with these movies, like everything that's going wrong, you just go, that's part of the plan. That's well, gonna happen. Was, but then this one. It? It, no, it wasn't well, ish. It did end up working out as part of the plan because then he made oh. really good friends with the brothers so that they could get access yeah. to stuff in the casino. That was also one of my problems is that it was so easy for them to get complete access to this dude's hotel, yeah. like inside and out without any problems. Yeah. Like when- there was no <laughs> trials for them. Like the drill broke down. Okay, we'll just buy another one. Well, who's going to have the money? Let's bring in Annie Garcia and then. One Andy Garcia is like, you're gonna pay me back, but like tenfold. And it's like, what again? Like double. This, He's gonna pay yeah, back double. Whatever. But it's just like again, we're just gonna do that whole you're gonna pay me back and double. And then we have um where is he? The Nightwolf, Nighthawk, Nightwolf, Night Fox, Night Fox, Vincent Castle in this movie. It's like watching this movie and you see him around, like, oh, it's the bad guy from the, the second one. In my head, watching this movie, I'm going. There's a chance that he's with working with Danny Ocean, and then like you know he's doing everything in the background, and then it you know swerve Ocean swerve that he's with them, but then in reality it's him working with uh, Andy Garcia's character again. And I'm like, those are my two thoughts this whole movie. He's working with Garcia, or he's working with uh, with uh, Clooney. And then I never working... thought he'd work with Clooney because they pretty much established at the end of the second one that he's out for revenge for everything that happened. So clearly he was there to try and screw them. But like, yeah. 
that never pays off. Like him just stealing the, like he should have been trying to foil their scheme. Like just trying to steal the diamonds from them feels so like, cause the oceans never cared about the diamonds anyways. Yeah. So like, why would they care if they got stolen out from under them? Like we should have got a scene with Al Pacino and the night wolf night Fox. Like they should have been like, I got you, you know, like I, I have him, he's working for me because he knows what you're going to be doing. But we don't. We have like four scenes with the night wolf uh, fox, and then <laughs> Jesus Christ, like, Joseph. I'm not gonna get the name right because I don't care about this movie. They should have had uh, the gray fox there a little more. You need to <laughs> invest a little bit more in the movies you don't like because we you know we invest in the movies you don't like. Sure, you do, <laughs> but we but the with the night fox it's just i don't know i just didn't like him being in this movie because it's just like i'm working with uh andy garcia and give me the diamonds oh it's the fake diamonds no his his whole plot line was pretty worthless and felt like an epic not payoff i think it would have been better if that if they had like kind of forged some relationship between 12 and 13 and they were buddies like night fox and danny ocean were buddies and they were kind of working together in secret instead of having him work against him in secret, but they knew about it the whole time, which is just the, they've done that in the last two movies where the, oh no, we knew you were double crossing us. So we double crossed your double cross. So like, well, also it doesn't make sense because like they didn't, like he was so good that he still did the stuff to them that they didn't like understand. But in this one, they just completely had him cornered and like completely had him figured out. Yeah. They kicked the night Fox's ass, which yeah, that goes against that character. He's supposed to be a legend. Like, yeah, he should have done more because yeah, they, they shouldn't they shouldn't have used him because he's supposed to be like a big he's like a superhero. If this was a superhero movie, that's like fucking that's like oh shit, uh, Spider Man showed up in this like Captain America movie and so, like, just completely got squished. Yeah, nice. It, but and like, <laughs> in some in someone some way it doesn't help the fact that the ending of Ocean's Twelve is the Night Fox being outside the window of Annie Garcia's casino because he's going to get his money back nah, it's yeah, not so- about the money it's about the it's about getting beat the man has plenty of money he's he doesn't need money he needs to beat ocean which is what makes it so bad i'm not really sure how this would beat ocean like okay you stole the diamonds from them stealing them but like uh, it just it felt so against what they'd established for him because he also wouldn't want to do it all in secret. Like he's very much like would have wanted to be in their face about I'm going to steal this from you and you're never going to even know how I did it. Yeah. And I think we keep on is we keep paying attention to the heist. And in the last two movies, like the heist didn't matter as much to me, at least because all the performances and setting were so charming and cool. And this one, they didn't give you that. So you have to pay attention to the heist. And the first yeah, one, that's you, the you, problem. Like you don't like, I don't want to, I don't care about the heist. I want to watch these characters be the characters I like. And that got a little, I got a little frustrating because when the best moment or when the moment they choose is to have like George Clooney and Brad Pitt crying at Oprah, <laughs> like that didn't like in the last two movies, it was so much better. Like their little banter. Was, yeah. This yeah is just a, <laughs> there wasn't enough like amazing actors being amazing. Yeah. Like the peak humor is yeah, it's just hey, check it out. Like, what if what if these tough guys were crying? Isn't that crazy? Isn't that isn't that wild? Isn't that funny? 
<laughs> like, and it didn't really feel like everyone got a moment to shine in this movie. No. Like it felt like Bernie Mac got a moment to shine. It felt like Don Cheadle had probably the biggest shine in the movie when he played like the fucking motorcycle jump <laughs> that guy. Good. That bit was great. Yeah. Which if you look at him when he in the movie, he's reading a how to do a American accent because of the fact that once again, he hated the fact that he got stuck doing his fake British, uh, (laughs) uh, his accent. So what he did was in the movie, he's reading a book on speech and uh, diet uh, speech and just trying to learn how to do it. So when he becomes the (laughs) impersonating daredevil of Fender Rhodes, you know, Basically, he's that's his real voice, you know, but with a southern twang. Also, the timeline on this movie makes no sense. They went from a casino that was just poured to completely built in six months. And that just <laughs> that does not have that's not how you get that much built in six months. That's not possible. And it went from being just being poured to being awkwardly com- a computer generated cartoon over the Las Vegas skyline. <laughs> I'm like six months. Do you mean like sixteen months? What the fuck? Oh god, that it, it looked horrible, and they were they were way too proud of their sky shots of, of it. it. Like it looked. Yeah, they kept showing it. It like had PlayStation Two graphics. <laughs> it was sticking up at a lot. Although this movie had some, I appreciated there was a little bit more of like Las Vegas love letter stuff in this movie. I thought that was nice. Like they walked by the the big fountains at the Bellagio. I think it's what it called. Whatever the big fountains there. Yeah, that's a cool spot. They were in the Las Vegas airport, which is a super rad place. It's so bizarre when you just fly through Vegas and you're like, oh, I can play slots while I'm waiting for my connection. Yeah, it's like a club. (laughs) It's crazy. (laughs) Like for this, I would say this movie, we got more uh, Matt Damon, Mm -hmm. which I was okay. It was the one thing that really connected all three movies together was watching Damon grow up and like become more secure in his ability and become better at his job to where we get the ending line where he's just like, I'll see you when I see you. Like he doesn't feel like he's not a puppy dog anymore to Danny and Rusty. Like he feels confident in his own like plans and actions. Mm-hmm. What is uh, his dad famous from, by the way? That <laughs> um, I got you. His dad is actually um, the actor is Bob. Einstein, uh, basically, he is known to be a evil Knievel uh, spoof. So he's actually Super Dave. Um, I've seen, so I've, I've, I've seen him in stuff. I just can't remember what it was. He's also in uh, um, where is it? Uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm, um, Arrested Development. Yep, I've seen him there. But yeah, he. Uh, was known for being Super Dave, but the evil Knievel ripoff uh, spoof. Uh, but the scene, the one of the scenes that threw me off was when Matt Damon was in London and he's just walking around on the phone trying to find, you know, I'm being followed. This, this, um, that was actually filmed while Matt Damon was in London filming the Born Ultimatum. Uh, the Ocean's That's awesome. 13. The Ocean's 13 production took advantage of this as, as this was a happy coincidence that one of the characters was an old classmate of someone. So that was why um, he was being in London. And then they also made it refer- uh, reminiscent of the Bourne movies with a handheld camera, European location, cell phone use, even That's the dialogue, cool. even the dialogue of him saying, I've used four identities. I think I'm being followed. I have a name, but I don't even know if it's right. 
See, that's a good fourth wall break. I like that one. <laughs> that was also one of the better like setup scenes. Yeah. Damon really like owned this movie. He did so well. Beside his weird rape perfume <laughs> and the nose, his performance. No, the nose those... was great. The nose was such an amazing touch and hilarious because it's, it's such like... a like a part of his character to go to over the top with something. It drove It'll... that character. I I I I love the that was the part where the acting was shining for me. I mean, apart from the rape it was a little weird <laughs> but like uh yeah just his like his like his seduction techniques were so funny <laughs> also at least like matt damon's character wasn't gonna like take advantage of her he was yeah, just trying to take no. advantage of the situation so it made it kind of not super gross because matt damon's yeah. a good guy yeah i guess linus is a good guy it's okay uh, to drug billionaires there it is Technically, uh, she's not a billionaire, though. She's the assistant the bi- of a billionaire. Assistant. Oh, yeah. Uh, the fake nose Matt Damon wore in the movie was a reference to the Brothers Grimm movie that he was in because the director wanted him to wear a fake nose, but the studio said no. Um, the, also, the line, Matt Damon's line of I see you when I see you is a scene uh, is a scene ending line that he also uses in Rounders. Great movie. Good movie. Man, what um, this movie's definitely movies aren't this referency, are they? This is kind of no. Weird. Yeah, no. they kind of went all in with the references. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this was Al Pacino's and Andy Garcia's first uh, appearance together uh, since Godfather Part Three. Did they ever appear together in Godfather? No, in this movie. Yeah, it's yeah, the they one, had the, the scene with the dominoes. Oh, the okay. pie gal, yeah, basically pie right. gal. Yeah. Of, no, it's um, dominoes. It was the made-up dominoes. Yeah, but uh, where is it? A real, it's basically Pi Gal in a way. In my notes, it says, in my notes, it says it's basically Pi Gal. They're making that up because the casinos had Pi Gal. He made up an entirely new game to sell them. That was the whole point of the bit is that he's at a convention for like casino games to try and get them to buy casino games. And he made up, he essentially made a gambling dominoes, which is like a real, I mean, it is. Domino's is a very big part of black culture within certain aspects of American culture. So he was just selling the Domino's game for casino use. Huh. Yeah. The, man, this movie more than the other ones made me want to go to Las Vegas. <laughs> it was, it, that, that, I'm like, I want to go to that bank casino. It, it looked fun. It, like, I want to like wear a nice shirt and lose a bunch of money. It was, it was just night. It, it missed. We, I needed more of that, though. I needed yeah. more of Danny just being Danny. Of, I felt like we got no Rusty in this movie. Yeah, he was barely. He was like barely eating. <laughs> we did get the one. Like, it's, this sounds like a weird complaint. His wig scene was almost too good of a wig. Like all That's the other right. wig scenes, like the wig looked terrible and fake. But like they yeah. actually did good wig work with this one. I'm like, no, that's not what i'm looking for yeah, with like, this. It, it wasn't noteworthy <laughs> yeah because uh, it's a long basically his wig looks like what he has currently in the with the long hair wig uh funny thing about kind of about that is that they were calling that the Irwin allen uh Irwin allen is actually a producer raleigh popular for his disaster movies and tv shows that depicted the ways the world would end um that's why he was the uh, earthquake, earthquake experience, you know, expert. Um, so that's another meta thing they're using of uh, basically being that guy of uh, 
being disastrous wise. And also Irwin, or Allen's technique is a combination of shaky cam. He was the pioneer of the shaky cam. And basically it's just him shaking the camera and having the actors throw <laughs> themselves back and forth to make it look like it's uh that's cool happening. First of all, there's no way he, unless he was on the original star Trek, because star Trek is the one that made that famous. <laughs> uh, also, I think a, a more important reference that the, the geologist dude characters was doing was his cargo shorts were a reference to Joe's actual golf outfit. You're damn right, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Ankles being covered. Yeah. Was I the only one who was waiting for the cargo shorts, though, like the entire time? Like, he's got to be wearing cargo shorts, right? Yeah. Like, that's what, that's what ties this character together. Yeah, it's like the nose on Matt Damon. But... <laughs> But like I thought, this movie had, in a way, it what we've said already doesn't really have its charm. Oh um, no, it definitely lacks it. Uh, you know, like for this movie, there's all like, like, and now the other movies, everybody got to shine. Everybody got to have their moment, unless you're Bernie Mac, who and Ocean's Twelve is just arrested for ninety percent of the movie because. We, we don't know why. I think Keith said he's filming Transformers. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, it's Mr. 3000. He's doing yeah, Mr. 3000. Uh, sadly, this will be one of uh, Bernie Mac's last couple movies um, before he passes away. Too soon. Uh, Too soon. Yeah. I, so we have, like, you know, Casey Affleck, he gets his spot where he is down in Mexico for most of the movies, so he gets that role. Scott Kahn goes down there with him to start the revolution. Um, well, no, I liked it because they sent Scott down there to fix it and like get him in line. And instead, the moment he gets down, there's like, yeah, we've almost got it fixed. As soon as we break management, as he throws a Molotov cocktail, <laughs> that scene was good. Yeah. I, my favorite bit was just Casey Affleck sitting around the, like, uh, the table in the break room. It's like speaking sort of like, Casey Affleck Spanish and no one no one questioned it <laughs> and making up the story about like he yeah, never sat that. down he said <laughs> he decided he would die on his feet and was about some dude just a tequila just a poster yeah. the guy behind him it's like uh <laughs> a, a, <laughs> a lot of like a usual suspects type thing you know just yeah. reading the reading the signs behind them like oh I remember that guy or <laughs> I remember when he did that job because why not well, it was nice to just get a little like working man struggle, a little mini plot line in this movie. I liked it. <laughs> that was more of an oceans than this one. Yeah. <laughs> For the re- uh, but yeah, it's like you have all these high quality actors and the- for this movie and just, I don't know. It's just kind of, you know, I'm wondering, no if something, uh, I'm wondering if something got rushed because like, I feel like references are pretty lowbrow, like, like just to like, re- like do like fourth wall references. That's kind of lazy. I wonder if they had to, if they like ran out of time and had to come up with something quick. Well, like honestly, it felt like they had an idea for what the heist should be. Yeah. And like, were- cause that felt really well thought out and like mm-hmm. gripped around. And then they just had to build everything around it. Cause like the whole Ruben storyline felt so just like rushed through and just like, uh, this is how we're getting here. And we're just going to like, plow straight through it and you're just going to accept it but it didn't work at all like (laughs) 
it just it didn't work it just didn't and then the whole thing where like julia robert like the way they try to explain away julia robert's character being there that it's not her fight i'm like why wouldn't it be her fight though like she's deeply ingrained to danny she seemed to be pretty attached to the rest of the crew why wouldn't she care about ruben so like that explanation away didn't feel like it worked it was like the the eternals not dealing with thanos yeah it's not their fight it's not their fight (laughs) Keith's favorite movie the eternals Uh, but yeah it just it felt like they had and that's why like the actual like heist scenes like when they were actually stealing from the casino actually like were good and fun and like the characters Mm -hmm. shine through and then everything else just struggled because it felt like they had this like okay they're gonna steal they're gonna rob the casino by winning the floor this time and we're gonna steal all that stuff that'll be fun Okay, what about the rest of the movie? I don't know. Just throw some shit together. Who cares? Yeah, God, you're right. They really could have just had more scenes of Danny Ocean and Rusty just gambling. Like that would have been so cool. It's like them like walking around the casino, just being cool and charming to dealers and <laughs> customers and bartenders and stuff. Yeah, that that would have been a blast. It, it's like for this movie, they want to do is like, well, we stole we stole the casino behind your back, but this time we're gonna do it in front of you. Mm-hmm. With you not knowing how we're stealing it behind your back, which is, I think that's a cool, it's a cool idea. But- oh, it also doesn't help, you know. For me, I thought in this movie is like you have the Ruben storyline of okay, we're getting him back. Okay, that's your starting point. But then all of a sudden it becomes, well, we need to go down to Mexico. Okay, now we need a new drill. Okay, Andy Gar- Andy Garcia's in. We got to pay him more money. Um, you know, it's a smaller, smaller, and smaller storylines getting thrown into this movie, not helping overall the bigger point. Well, no, those did though, because like it all tied back to like the actual like heist, because like they had to go to Mexico because it was their only in to rig the dice. The drill thing was too over the top. Like the whole like we need to shake the building because that'll be our out to get out of the casino with all this money that we just won fakely was. That was too much. That, that was too much. Well, and like, I'll get into it later when we get into review stuff, but I was reading through the Roger Ebert review. He brought up a cool point that this, the, the other movies are unbelievable, but like you're able to sort of like suspend your disbelief a little easier. And this one, there's, they just, they push a little too far and they don't have the charm to back it up. So like a drill under Las Vegas is just so absurd that it's just kind of takes you out of the movie a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think for what I, like what I was trying to get to is like, I like they all make sense for the movie, but like in the other ones, they were just quick, you know, quick scenes that we know of what's happened. Like this is what happened to have the situation go right. But this in this one, it's more of a we're going to show you it's going to go right and we're going to show you it's going to work. And so just yeah, like, it was quick boom, boom, boom. Too much focus on the heist, not enough, just like charming just guys standing around being cool and rich and famous and they kind of lost like it's the it's the part they lost from the first ones is that if you're seeing this movie you're seeing this movie because you're going to see famous people be famous well it's like some of the best scenes in fast and furious series are when they're like sitting around eating dinner like yeah their family yeah because yeah and this is a family too like the but they're not this movie just in this movie they were just thieves (laughs) they didn't they didn't have the any of those enough of those scenes of what was it like what was the one in the last one where they spoke the weird language with matt damon Uh, oh yeah they're doing like those messing with matt damon yeah there was nothing even close oh yeah 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 well it's like 
because you know, like in the first one, like everybody knows who everybody is. And then when we get to when they all get back together in the second one, you know, so all the, you know, they're, they're hugging each other. Hey, how's it going? You know, all this, that stuff for a minute. And then in the, this one, it's okay. What can we do to get back at somebody? And then we separate them all and to do, you know, like Don Cheadle's character is in the drill, the entire movie until the end. <laughs> yeah. You, uh, like even we don't really, you know, even with the villain being Al Pacino, how many scenes were there with him and uh, um, with George Clooney? You know, it was like three. It's like, hey, you got you, you know, you backstabbed my friend. I'm going to, you know, we're going to give you an out, pay him back or we're going to get you. No, I'm good. And then we see him like, you know, <laughs> two hours later, you know, an hour and a half later. What are you doing on my floor? I can have you arrested. You know, it's like, don't worry about it. I'm, I'm here with these guys, with the high rollers. Yeah, that was a well, frustrating thing about this movie. They never failed. Like in, in these yeah, movies, yeah, they, no. they always, that was a huge part. They always have to have, in every good heist movie or shit action movie, like the, the crew needs to fuck up once. Like that, that, that like creates tension for the third act. Like you gotta, there needs to be that failure where something's about to crumble and then they come up with something at the end. And just to have that moment be like the drill or something, I guess. Like, Which I they just know. bought a new one. Yeah, <laughs> literally and then fixed the problem. Danny wasn't just with those guys. Danny's was like, those were the high rollers that they, it was part of the scheme. He yeah, that they yeah, stole yeah. those high rollers to come back. He And then, I mean, he offered to give them a percentage of their losses to like keep them there because he wanted the high rollers there to spend their money. Yeah. And, but like, even when they do fail, it's part of the plan. When the, who is it? The, like the techie guy, um, I think Eddie. I think maybe yeah, God, his character was yeah, so Liv- worthless in this movie. Uh, Living Sindel, that's that character's name. But like he gets, you know, he does. He like his the whole movie. It's him trying to do the rig the machines, and he's failing at it. But like, was that part of the plan? You know, like them with him show him being shown messing up. But I know he calls in Eddie L- Izzard later on. But it's like the whole point. It's how they get. It's it is for him to fail because it's to yeah. get him arrested so that they swap out all the machines, but the machines they're swapping in are actually the rigged ones, not the okay. ones that are on the floor. Yeah. yeah. So like, yeah, we have uh uh like you know, even when they fail, it's part of the plan. It's always part of the well, plan. And technically have... he didn't fail because he got arrested by Matt Damon's dad. Yeah, it was all it was all yeah. great. <laughs> but once again, part of the plan. Like I know he didn't mm-hmm. fail, but like him being shown that he failed yeah part of the plan they should have had the because they really they did a good job of like cracking up that greco security system and be kind of scary and cool they they could have used that as an opportunity i think to like have some spooky security robot catch them like they could have had a sort of just some weird facial recognition thing that was like yes her eyes her everything it's a true win yeah if this that scene was so (laughs) fucking lame if this were Fast and Furious, that would have been like an AI and it would have been like a robot that walked up to him and talked to him or something. <laughs> then Dom has to fight an AI. It turns out she's there on has actually been a transformer <laughs> the whole time. <laughs> it's the sexy fuck transformer from the second transformer oh, movie yeah, that's that turned right. up being Shia LaBeouf. Yeah, that's right. Remember the one of the transformers had balls? <laughs> yep, that was the third one. <laughs> God, I can't wait till we do the Transformers movies. Yeah, yeah those movies are 
something else. <laughs> Especially the one where Mark Wahlberg tries to bang his own daughter. Oh, yeah. And then the one where there's... God, this movie's rule. There's one that has fucking Merlin in it. <laughs> God, and there's... Uh, we're gonna, are we going to include Bumblebee in that? Can yep. we not? Bumblebee's so bad. <laughs> oh. Man, this Ocean's uh, 13 keeps... From, it's doing that whatever the is that a mystery science theater thing where you're not supposed to reference movies that are better yep. <laughs> yeah. i don't know if transformers is better but i would say it is <laughs> at this rate it will be um yeah i don't it's just i don't know i had something but then your your damn tangent of transformers threw me off um, we talk about Transformers a lot on this podcast. We really should it's, just do it's, it at some it's point. either Transformers or Bad Boys 2. So uh <laughs> and Bad Boys know. 2 is the holy grail. Yeah, we don't, don't watch that movie. <laughs> it is our holy son. We can talk about it, but we might yeah. we must not look into it for fear of burning alive. Yeah. We might lose our minds. <laughs> We since watch watching movie. now since i want to watch, watch indiana jones <laughs> since watching all three so far is the this is the scene like when this is the movie that rusty and uh danny clooney and pitt are like scouting the uh casino but like for some reason uh clooney's character has like the really bad mustache and like dyed hair for like oh, his yeah it was just Dude, for, like, a second too <laughs> that bit was great because like that one guy got arrested because he was trying to cheat and in their line of like he was being too obvious about it when they're just in there in those terrible get-ups i was like fuck <laughs> that's funny and like uh pit makes like that reference of like yeah and danny wasn't too you know like too like he wasn't too uh hidden like it's just like yeah he you'd be caught because how bad that uh, mustache and fake <laughs> dye hair was just remember i just remember i was gonna bring up yeah we, so in the, with this casino since it was the highest you know over the highest tech over the top stuff they do um face recognition and they do like look in people's eyes oh that's the perfect one but if the if the hotel is shut down it is shut down for three minutes it's in lockdown <laughs> And it makes no sense to have this like fully unbeatable system that wouldn't have like built-in redundancies to prevent a whole three minutes. <laughs> and it's like Pacino's locked in his own security systems. Like, I gotta get out. And the guy's like, it's three minutes. All because of that stupid, shitty golden Nokia or Samsung <laughs> yeah, phone. Like, which was a real phone made by Samsung. <laughs> The uh, diamonds, uh, the five diamonds that he's going after, the five diamond award is the highest award for hotels and re restaurants given out by AAA, formerly no known as the Automobile Association of America. The award is given to less than 50% of all hotels, restaurants reviewed by AAA. As of 2015, Las Vegas hotels and restaurants have won the second most five diamonds awards just behind New York City. Man, I did was... I not give a shit about that storyline? <laughs> yeah, but although I mean, I preached the, the the like little pranks they played on him were kind of funny. I, I thought it was it reminded me of Dirty Work, that old Norm Macdonald movie. Hey, does that guy have, does, does he have <laughs> the his bed bugs? The, dog's ass? Yeah. the bed bugs were too much for me. That was just fucking gross and uncomfortable. Yeah. 
the, yeah, just like they they blew like like they put like stink bombs in his room. That was like that was like Adam Sandler humor. <laughs> yeah, because they, um, I think, is it Carl Reiner? He he uh, portrays the five star, uh, the mm-hmm. five star man who is going to give you the award, and they have the real uh, guy like have the worst time of his life. So bed bugs. Um, what uh, like stay uh they turn his they they kick him out of restaurants you know they tell him to go try this place they they just make his uh, uh weekend the worst weekend of his life <laughs> and then at the end he gets his upcomings do you want yeah. do you guys know do you know how much you won off that last 11 million yeah he won 11 he million it, he yelled it very loudly yeah, that's not, oh, that's I didn't not a hear thing him. i yell <laughs> I didn't hear that. I just heard I won. I won. And that's about oh, no, it. He definitely yelled. I just won $11 million. I'm like, uh, dude, I don't know if you should yell that in an airport. And I, and, and a, a slot machine in an airport that pays out $11 million. <laughs> that seems crazy. Yeah, I don't think they like they have <laughs> slot machines, but I don't think they have those like every loss keeps adding to a pot type slot machine. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and just the whole thing with the five diamond thing, like he played grab ass with Pacino at one point was so random. Like I was like, wait, why did he just grab Pacino's ass? (laughs) No, he just grabbed, he just grabbed his ass and just gave him the thumbs up. Like, Hey, you're doing great. (laughs) Because the phone bit was just, they sent the phone to him. Like they stole the phone and he, like he got in that nice case and everything. Oh, Uh, So the phone bit is actually another reference to the Godfather movies. Um, as, the references Soderbergh, Jesus. <laughs> because in, in Godfather, Pacino's character wanted a gold, a gold, a gold telephone, what a gold rotary telephone. So, in, or in a boardroom table that include Pacino. So there's that little reference of a you know gold phone, cell phone, rotary phone. Dan, thanks, Oceans. I also just like I wasn't a big fan of the editing in this movie like they went way too heavy with like the triple screens or like picture over picture type stuff I'm like oh they did like the text on screen thing yeah we're in Amsterdam yeah they were a little too they were a little yeah Soderbergh like just was like liking the smell of his own farts a little bit much with this movie yeah a little bit too up his own ass yeah Uh, yeah it's what script you, was weak the cinematography what, what, was good i'll give you that yeah but the editing was bad yeah. the script was weak what would you call this like not like if 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 we took this say if we made this movie not an oceans movie like you don't have to give me a name title but like would it be an action comedy action thriller like the ocean movies were com you know or would this just be like oh this is like a pretty bad um wannabe I'd call it Casino Royale. There it is. Fuck off. <laughs> it would be a an action comedy heist movie where um, Leonardo DiCaprio arranges a bunch of people to win it. Uh, I don't know. Craps. <laughs> God damn. That's what this movie needed. It needed an added like big star like against like that's what this, yeah. that's actually what these movies missed. We needed the like Clooney clone and had it been DiCaprio would have been fucking baller. Yeah, that would have been funny. Was, yeah, they should have that that might have helped this movie just throw more because 
The problem now with watching a bunch of oceans in a row is the the spectacle of celebrities getting old. <laughs> so like maybe just throwing more celebrity at it would help. <laughs> I guess I thought that's what they were doing Pacino, but God, yeah. Pacino is so yeah. like. There is a very big spectrum with Pacino where it's either like Oscar worthy greatness, yeah, or phoned in bullshit. Like they didn't even get like heat level Pacino, where like where he just buys into bad. They should have thrown in a Duncatino thing in this movie. The Duncatino. Yeah. <laughs> that would have been that would have been nice. <laughs> uh, what was he doing at around this time? Nothing. Phoning most of his work in. This he's, is when Pacino's rich and just doesn't care. Yeah, heat's heat, heat was long ago. <laughs> uh, this movie. Oh, there it is. Oh, he did 88 minutes. Sucked. Uh, the righteous kill. Never saw it. There's like the two movies that he were around <laughs> this it, time. That 88 minutes was fun because it was one of those like gimmick movies where it actually was 88 minutes of a thing that was happening. And then righteous kills the movie when they brought back him and De Niro. It was not like that was straight to DVD. I think it, it, I, I, I it went <laughs> to the theaters, but wasn't uh, long in the theaters because they basically went off the whole idea of, uh, we got Pacino and De Niro back, so you know, yeah, it's gonna be good. What? What was? The, wasn't Al Pacino in a movie where Edward Norton had dreadlocks, and it was on like a or not dreadlocks cornrows, and it was. I just remember the cover of it. Was Does it sound... Death of Smoochie? No, no. That was a great movie, though. Um, no, anyways, there's a. I just have this image of my head of Edward Norton looking super serious with cornrows. <laughs> I love looking it up. I'm just thinking Edward. of Ed Norton with cornrows right now because Edward, God, Edward Norton is such a good actor. Oh yeah, oh, there, yep, he, there it is. <laughs> what movie are you in? Even God, the just come across uh, Oscar Isaac with his amazing beard from Dune. Oh God, that beard is powerful. Okay, God. we're we're gonna get to this the is, bottom of this Edward Norton. <laughs> it's called Stone. Yep, <laughs> Mila Jovovich is in it, right? Um, hang on, I gotta find the movie because oh, I'm so excited if I'm right. Because if that's like one of those, yeah, Mila Jovovich is in it. So it's, it's funny how like movie posters live in your head, <laughs> like like covers of like with Robert De Niro. Yeah, De Niro is in it. Oh man, we gotta watch that movie next. <laughs> I don't. Oh God, he had cornrows, dude. It wasn't Dredd. Yeah, it that's cornrows. Yeah. Oh when my that... god, that that picture is haunting. Oh, 20, 2010 <laughs> Stone. Oh yeah. 2010. Wow. Hey, yeah. Jesus Christ. It's Jason Bourne. Jesus Christ. It's Edward Norton and Cornrows. <laughs> ah, but no, this movie. Uh what I gotta have things. Yeah, there's a lot for these movies, there's a lot of meta stuff of like. Oh, we're doing this. Um, oh, he's doing this because it's based on a real person. Um, where is it? Uh, like a Susan B. Anthony, they're doing that. Um, Keith, you should be happy uh, since you're a big uh, Johnny Depp, uh, Amber Heard uh, <laughs> trial follower. Oh, God. I believe. No, uh, no, 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 I'm not. <laughs> I believe you are. Last time I checked, you have it. I don't know why it's streaming right now behind you. And you're just, uh, <laughs> Yeah, I'm uh, 
I'm a team. I like they should just both be guilty. And then we should all get to point and laugh at them. Uh, I just I just found out that Ellen Barkin was one of the <laughs> witnesses, and she's uh, pro Amber, so got that going. Nice. But for some reason, when I saw this the trailer I brought up earlier in the show about the the poster, sorry, of them around like a craps table, I'm like, is that a coffin? It's like the whole time I'm like, that's a fucking coffin. Who dies in the movie? Which old fart dies in this movie? <laughs> and then like the movie almost did with Ruben was dying. I'm like, oh well, there's the death guy. And then I thought for some reason I fine. thought it was implied that because I didn't did did he literally just have a heart attack because the deal went wrong or did he get like poisoned or something? No, he just had a heart attack heart because attack. he got screwed over. Like he had this whole plan and everything, and that's so then he got screwed. But a, with me thinking what a boring the, way but, to have a heart attack. <laughs> but with me thinking like the craps table was a coffin, I like in I honestly thought like uh, Pacino was just gonna shove him over and kill him in the beginning of the movie. But wow, that that would have been so cool if he just capped him, like just blasted him in the face, <laughs> there just instead tossed of- <laughs> him off the yeah. Then it would have been like a more serious revenge movie. And that would have been, because this that's a little bit what was going on in this movie. It was sort of a revenge thing. So like, if they would have had a little more like, and eh, no, that would have been weird if they shot him in the face. <laughs> they would have just shoved that him idea, off the idea. casino. They would have just shoved yeah. him off the casino. I want to have him like, yeah, they could, they, they could have had him somehow land in that big fountain. <laughs> Which they do make a reference to this time with Matt Damon and, uh, not Matt Damon, George Clooney and um brad pitt standing in front of the what used to be the fountain from the ending of the first one that was a cool shot i like they play the same music and all that too like the time of day they managed to get like no traffic in the background (laughs) that was was pretty cool they probably just blocked it off yeah yeah they probably closed down the street yeah the soderbergh and the boys could afford to do that let's stick out just go, nope, nope, nope. You can't do this. Sorry. <laughs> it's weird. I don't get why that's that. Um, but yeah, this the lackluster charm <laughs> of this movie. And yeah, it's not good. Not good, Bob. No, it, it had moments, but or any scenes you guys liked? Yeah, the heist. The heist was great. The it's actual fun. like heist, not the build up to the heist. The build up yeah. to the heist was terrible. Watching everybody hit it big. Like I liked it when Brad Pitt walked by and left that coin on the slot machine for the lady. That was a good scene. But though the my highlight was Casey Affleck sitting around the table in the break room just telling a story oh, yeah. about us. <laughs> the stuff in Mexico really and then actually I loved the hugging of his brother, who was like his clearly just the same guy, but they're playing it off as twins. <laughs> and just being like, Tu hermano wishes you the best and to stay strong. <laughs> Do you think that uh, how do you think the heist that Rusty left in the Brad Pitt's character left in the beginning of the movie? Oh, that was, was actually pretty toys? funny to me. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's like why uh, it's like so I guess Rusty still doesn't have enough money, so that or or it's that the thrill, of the job that you no, can't just, get yeah, rid he, of. He's just addicted to it. I like I love the KB Toys reference. That was cool to see a, that logo. <laughs> well, no, they also established that he's still like super under because of his goddamn hotel. Oh yeah, but, like he just keeps bleeding money in that hotel. That was yeah, a good joke what, in last one. The, oh, the the hotel business is rough. <laughs> who, at, who's 
what's got what money does everyone have left and he has less money than what yeah. they stole because <laughs> doesn't ruben say in the movie when they do like the flashback of when clooney and him talked for the first time before or telling him not to go to pacino and he's like i'm trying to help rusty he's in so much debt i'm trying to help <laughs> him uh you know get back in the the positive <laughs> yeah sweet. okay no and then um, the oh another thing I didn't the whole uh Matt Damon escorting what's his name the g- gymnast stunt dude was kind of boring. Like, oh. the, he did that one elevator stunt. Which yeah, looked, he didn't really get any moments in this yeah. one. Y- Yin. They tried. Yes. I feel like they well, tried they, to give him. They they tried to, but they I think they tried to do him with like it's like the thing of we're gonna gonna have him run the casino acting like he's a big big high spender. So we're not going to give you what you really want him to do of that, you know, the gymnastics, mm-hmm. you know, because he, he, what he did was what he climbed the, uh, through the elevator for like three minutes. And that was it. That was his high risk moment of the, of the movie. And like they tried to set it up where he was like, no, can't do it. Fucking elevators are too fast. Like what? Was a, the train it. thing, <laughs> CGI. What? That wasn't your legs. Yeah. Well, the thing you were talking about with the editing, I think, Kind of hurt that because there was no build up to that elevator. Because he's like pussies, and then like next scene he's doing it. You know? Yeah, <laughs> it's like that's it. Yeah, yeah. Like maybe hold that off for another like ten minutes to be like, ah, uh, Yin's not doing it. What do we? What do we have to do? To bribe? What do we? What do we have to do to bribe him to mm-hmm. do his one job that he knows that he can only do? No, we get. Come on, you can do it. I don't want to. Please, okay. Yeah, exactly. And then the music wasn't as good in this one. I feel like two really had that that banger soundtrack. This one, it, it was all just sort of standard heist movie music with like the like the groovy bass and the was like yeah, the the music definitely didn't yeah. like wasn't as fun as the second one. Yeah, Keith, do you have a uh, review from a? He's still alive around 07, right? Oh, yeah. He's probably not doing as well anymore <laughs> at this point. But the, the one little passage I found that I liked. Oh, God, where'd it go? There we go. I don't know what kind of resources these rootless, these rootless but glamorous men have, except that they are apparently unlimited. They manufacture, they manufacture trick card shufflers, sabotage the roulette wheels, and even give the man they think is the guru of casino ratings something resembling the heart something resembling the heartbreak of psoriasis these plans are not explained they are simply pulled out of the hero's hats or thin air now he was kind of getting at that uh like they went a little far with their their crazy amount of resources they have in this like putting a drill under las vegas (laughs) two and a half stars by the way uh another thing before we move on about the uh the one thing i liked was the idea of them backstabbing Andy Garcia's character going, well, we have your money since the, what well, was like 36 million for the uh, drill. So they had to give him back 72 million. And it's like, well, we did what we did as we donated your 72 million to charity. The, what they were, what, what uh, Pitt and Clooney were watching earlier. Mm-hmm. Then you have like the scene of him on Oprah. And she's like, why'd you donate? <laughs> uh, I saw and I felt inspired. That scene was good. Yeah, that's about it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I did also love them watching in the airport of uh, 
fucking Andy Garcia's character getting to go on Oprah, and you could tell they were a little pissed off about it. <laughs> and one quick thing: when they're on the airport, then there there was like another another. I couldn't find anything, but there was like another TV monitor like showing something. I honestly thought it was George Clooney in an eye patch. Like <laughs> there was, it's like one of those things. I'm like, is that like? Are they ribbing us here? You know, like, is that George Clooney in the, like, you know, you know, that meta crap, but I, I couldn't find a thing <laughs> saying that it was or not. Um, the budget for this movie. What want to take a guess? Unless, you know, 143. Yeah. 165. The budget for this movie was the same as Ocean's Eleven, only eighty-five million dollars. Dang, is that less than twelve? Uh, twelve was a hundred and ten million. Oh, interesting. But they actually shot in Europe for that, which I'm sure always yeah. costs a little more. Well, and they had to pay for Catherine and Julia, <laughs> and Bruce, and Bruce Willis, and Bruce Willis. Uh, the girls for this. This who was the thirteenth? Like the other one, they added Julie Roberts. There was no 13th. They didn't have a 12th. Yeah, there was it's Eddie. <laughs> it's Eddie. Eddie Izzard was the 13th. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's a little. <laughs> that's not Bruce Willis. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, <laughs> the gross list movie domestically got 117 million, internationally got 194 million. So worldwide, about $311 million. All right. So let's go to the box office for June 8th through the 10th of 2000 of the year 2007. I think this is going to be pretty grim. <laughs> uh, coming in at number 10 in its ninth week with 523,000, Disturbia. Disturbia. Oh, I love Disturbia. That was a good movie. That was right before the downfall of Mr. LaBeouf. Uh, coming in at number nine in its sixth week with 1.6 million. Waitress. It is a I, movie I, starring Carrie Russell and Nathan Fillion. I never watched it, but I remember it. Same. <laughs> uh, number eight in its sixth week with 4.3 million, Spider-Man 3. Oh, God. <laughs> number seven in its second week with 4.9 million, Mr. Brooks. It's a Kevin Costner movie. I can picture the oh, cover, was... but I don't remember that movie. Is that the one where... They like he hooks up with the mom and the daughter, and it's like a love triangle. I, I don't know. I think he Dan Cook's in it, and he kills Dan Cook. Uh, here, I got <laughs> just right here. the porn in your head, Keith. Is that <laughs> a well-respected? Oh, a well-respected businessman is sometimes controlled by his murder mayhem-loving alter ego. Oh Jesus! Never so mind, no, Keith, wrong. not your, uh, not your. <laughs> Pornhub. Oh, Pornhub search history. Stepmom, stepsister. <laughs> you're, you're thinking as good as it gets with uh, Jack Nichol- Nicholson. Uh, number six in its first week with eight million. Hostile. Oh, I was thinking, Part- boy, that's as good as it gets. As boy as good as it gets. <laughs> number six was Hostile Part Two. Oh God, part wasn't Part Two terrible after the first one was like a world-renowned banger. Yeah, it was good. That's my assumption. I've never seen them, so I'm good. Uh, number five in its fourth week with 15 million, Shrek the third. Oof. Yeah, not good either. Coming oh, yeah. in number four. Hostel, this was this was like torture porn horror times. This is like that's when it began. Yeah, yeah. That's what it started up again. Yeah. Uh, number four in its first week with 17 million dollars. Surf's up. 
Hell yeah. That movie's underrated. The movie is fantastic. Yeah. Good little penguin movie. Who doesn't yeah. love a good little penguin movie? It sucks it was overshadowed this by guy. the other penguin. Because yeah, it was there was there was like a saturation of penguins at that time. Yeah. Madagascar uh, happy penguins. Feet. No, happy, happy feet. feet. Uh, and happy, happy feet, feet sucked. <laughs> but... Uh coming in number three in its second week with 19 million knocked up. Nice. Good movie. I'm not done talking about penguins though. The obviously the <laughs> peak penguin movie, uh Penguin in the Stone. I don't know. Pe- Pebble one. and the Penguin. Pebble and the Penguin. Damn. Get your penguins right, buddy. <laughs> That's gotta, the peak, hold, hold peak penguin movie. <laughs> I gotta get my penguins in a row. Yeah, let me call uh <laughs> Pin Nguyen, and he's a he's a big specialist on penguins, and we'll get him in. Damn. Yeah, knocked out's great. <laughs> I never uh, saw com- the like. Uh, this is forty. Not the actual. No, I saw this is forty. It's the one where she's like a senator or something, and he like joins her thing, and he's like, Charlie "Oh, Theron, I'm- Seth Rogen." That's Charlie Theron and uh, Seth Rogen. Oh, uh, that's right, because Christian yeah. Heigl now is like untouchable. Like she's super problematic. Yeah, that was. Yeah, they never. That that movie wasn't part of the Apatow verse. Mm. No. Um, coming in number two in its third week with twenty-one million Pirates of the Caribbean at World's End. That that three? so good, but definitely got a lot of threes coming out. Yeah. Oof. Oh God, so that, and then Ocean's 13. God damn so that it. means number one in its first week with 36 million. Ocean's 13. So that's one, two, that's three, uh, four. There's four third movies in the trilogies here. And hey, Ocean's Pirates, at World's End, Shrek, and Spider Man. Yeah, damn. the best hey. one is At World's End by like a mile. It, does anybody remember that famous line from the famous movie X Men Apocalypse where they make fun of third movies? No. Okay. Well, I I kind of do. They're coming out of the movie. They're coming out of the movie. Return theater. of the Jedi. They're coming out of Return of the Jedi. Yeah, yeah. I uh, will say, also- um, Apocalypse is bad. Yeah, it's the worst X Men movie. I'd, yeah, it's the worst one. Well, yeah, <laughs> and that's, let's be honest, that's fucking saying a lot. Yeah. Oh, Origins is probably the best. And um, to Origins. <laughs> Origins. We don't talk about X three. It's it's better than Apocalypse. Yeah, X three is better than Apocalypse. <laughs> Wait, which the what's the one that we watched most recently, Joe? The one with like, uh, Jean Grey going crazy. Last three. Dark Phoenix. No, 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 no. Because I Phoenix. would say Dark Phoenix Dark is Phoenix. the worst. Dark, Dark Phoenix, Phoenix is, is such a huge pile of fucking. Because trash. Ap- Apocalypse actually has some like has a cool like silly fight at the end with Storm and. Dark Phoenix. Dark, is just... Dark Phoenix. It might be. It might be a one A, one B, a bad movie. Because Dark like, Phoenix which is one's... just. It's just X Men Three. <laughs> it is, but just as teenagers this time. Yeah. But like worse somehow. Yeah. God, this makes me want to watch X Men Three again. There we go. <laughs> no. Hey, I here. Okay, hear me out, guys. I have this great idea. You know how we've built up two, well, two to three really main characters as like the biggest protagonist in these films. Let's kill one of them completely off screen. Uh, <laughs> well, 
we'll get to that. Uh, let's go to the Professor ratings. X goes. To, <laughs> Professor X goes to Disney. Yeah. <laughs> what do they all do? Since Disney has bought them all now, yeah. uh, let's go to the ratings. IMDb. Keith's gonna like this as it gave this uh, Ocean's Thirteen a six point nine <laughs> out of ten. There's nothing funny about that number. Nothing at all. It's Ron Tomato number. gave the, gave this movie a uh, all critics gave it a seventy. Damn close. Aww. Top <laughs> critics gave it a sixty-two. If this movie was just sixty-nine across the boards, <laughs> the so audience funny. is sixty-five, which is a drastic jump from uh, Ocean's Twelve being fifty-five, fifty-six, and sixty. Yeah, what the? So people like thirteen better than twelve. What the? People fuck? like people like thirteen more than twelve because a lot of people felt this more felt like an Ocean's movie of the the heist and everything that we taught how bad it was. They thought it was the good part. Those people are fucking dumb and don't understand what makes a good Ocean's movie. That's funny. But before we glaze them, we're going to be ranking them. So we're going to we're ranking best heist, best twist, best bros, who our MVP is and movie. So best heist right now, it's one, two. Where do we put three? One, three, two for me. Yeah, I'll go with that. This had the potential to be the best, but it like so like sucked on the buildup. But the actual heist was pretty good that I will accept one, three, two. Yep. Uh, best twist. We have it as two and one. Where does three go? Oh, last. For yeah, me. bottom. Like by Same. a mile. Like I'm going to already predict that it's below eight. Yeah. <laughs> mm, we'll find out. Uh, best bros. Right now we have it as two and one. Worst bros. Yep. Worst, worst bros. Bro. Uh, who was your MVP? Casey, Casey Affleck. Affleck? <laughs> yeah. Like, I think he had the. It's that or Don Cheadle. And I think I still lean Casey Affleck just because of the yeah. mustache he was wearing yeah. while doing the fucking Mexico. No scenes. one questioned him. <laughs> no one questioned him. So we have. So, so for our MVPs for Ocean's Eleven right now. <laughs> Uh, Rick and Keith pick, uh, pick Clooney. I pick Pitt. Uh, me and Keith pick Pitt for two. And Rick, you pick Catherine Zeta-Jones. And then for Ocean's 13, <laughs> it's, a, it's a trifecta of Casey Affleck. <laughs> who's only in the movie for like 20 minutes. Like this, is probably the, this is probably the coolest decision we've made on this podcast. That Casey Affleck deserves this, like, this prestigious award. <laughs> As Keith said 30 minutes ago, he might be an issue, but hey, it's fine. <laughs> Yeah, I think we need like, to think up a name for our MVP award. Like, who is our yeah. MVP of MVP awards? Call it the mo- most bustinist. Oh, Jesus. That'd be, not, no, I'd be like, that was bad. it's gotta, it's gotta be the Dom, right? Cause Dom probably would have been MVP of like almost every single Fast and the Furious movie. Yeah, yeah we can have the Dommies. <laughs> well, we're thinking about it, but let's go to overall movie. Right now we have it one, two. I'm, I'm nope, just gonna put that's down not, three. That's not what we have. What we have oh, two, is that two, Keith, one. Keith is melting hot chocolate. Oh, yeah. I'm preparing blankets and have set the fireplace <laughs> to a nice blankets. low level. <laughs> I'm just no, we're just gonna watch the movie, guys. So it's one, two, the most most rewatchable. I'm preparing blankets overall. So one, listen, two, if you've three. never prepared a blanket to be in the proper way, then I'm sorry, you're not sleeping properly. You're fucking crazy. <laughs> I like mine toasted and uh, upside down, and I, I want <laughs> I want the rough end on my ass. 
I like a good tight. That sounded weird. (laughs) Some nice (laughs) fluffy blankets. I take my blankets how I take my heist movies. Charming. (laughs) (laughs) And it needs to be at least a 900 thread count. Yeah. You're speaking out of my uh, my league, buddy. Uh, so overall movie, one, two, three. Yes. Yeah. For most rewatchable, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I'd so, probably put eight above 13 eventually. I don't think I'll ever watch this movie again. Like, I've watched it this time, and I will feel no need to ever watch yeah. Ocean's 13 again. I have no need to watch. I, I'll watch, like we said before, I'll watch 11 and 12 if it's on TV. And I'm like, yeah, why not? I got nothing else to do. I will put it on. Uh, this one, no, I'm good. Honestly, probably in, like, in a couple years, I will honestly forget that Al Pacino was even in this movie. Yeah, if you made me watch this again in five years, I'd probably be like, fucking Al Pacino's in this movie? Awesome. And then get five minutes in and be like, oh, no. Oh, yep, I remember it now. I'm out. Deuces. So we just rank them. Let's glaze them. Glaze, glaze, glaze. Glaze my stars in your butt. Stop stealing my singing bit. Uh, glaze. I got no song for this. I'm too sad about this movie to make a song. <laughs> and now um, we glaze. <laughs> here's the twist. <laughs> That's it. That's all I got. So, uh, Rick, what do we give these? Uh, the 11 and 12? Uh, Ocean's 11 came in at 3.8 after Keith gave it a four and Joe and I gave it a three and three quarters. Ocean's 12 came in at a 3.9 after Keith gave it three and three quarters and Joe and I gave it fours. Let's see. Let's see how far it drops. What do we? What do you guys give Ocean's Thirteen? I'm gonna curl up in that. Joe, you were saying you saw the coffin that was actually a craps table. I'm gonna curl up inside that coffin with Roger Ebert and yep. match him. Two and a half. Remember, his is on a four, so this is still technically lower. Okay, well, but I'm, I'm actually gonna go even lower. I'm gonna go two. <laughs> Uh, I will go with the, I'll give it a two. It's not under a two, but like, I could be that dick. Like, oh, it's a one and a half, but I'm like, nah, it's still two. But yeah, it's a, it's a two out of a hundred in my book. Quick copy me, bro. We were the same for every movie in this one. Uh, Well, we'll find out next week. The movie was watch a movie. It was a movie. It was a movie. As I sent in the text, uh, I just watched Ocean's 13, and it was a movie. It's a movie-ass movie. It could have been about 25 minutes shorter. That would have been nice. This was definitely the first time in these movies where, like, I would check the time as how far I was in. I'd be like, I'm only 50 fucking minutes into this thing? Yeah. But that brings Ocean's 13 at a 2.2, making it our second lowest rated movie of 2022. Man, I don't know if anything's gonna beat Beverly Hills Cop Three. I was gonna say in front nine. God, that was rough. Oh damn! Oh damn! What was that? That that Legally Blonde sequel was pretty rough. Legally Blonde Two. Yeah, (laughs) that is our lowest ever rated at point seven. We've had three movies get under a one. Dang. (laughs) And I I've just told you the two. What's the third one? What's our other movie that came in under a one. one is it predators? a Q movie or is it a is it a uh... no it's on here it's oh, in it's the franchise? regular movie list um mm, it's it's higher than 0.7 but still under one yes um, it wasn't Ghostbusters 
Is it? Well, we are going into an all-female rendition of a movie. So it's the Ghostbusters 2016. Answer the call. Answer the call. Yeah, yeah. Good. Hey, I was right. Cool. <laughs> a movie in which Keith gave it one and three fucking quarter stars. But Joe and I tanked it at half a star for Joe and a quarter star by me. That's so funny. Hey, that's right. Melissa McCarthy's improvisational skills just shone through. <laughs> so this is... so. We we just re, uh, replayed how low the first all female reboot for a movie franchise as the Ghostbusters 2016. As we're moving on, as this is the final Ocean's movies that include this cast, as we're in the reboot from I want to say 2018, Ocean's Eight, an all female cast. I wonder what that will. Uh, do for everyone here <laughs> um i've never seen it i had no desire to see it hey you just called me toxic and i've actually seen it I yeah saw but it, and, I, I had, I, and i had desire to see it <laughs> i mean it's got a pretty goddamn good cast yeah big fan of aquafina <laughs> <laughs> I like Minda Kaling. I think she's funny. And yeah, Rihanna she, is a fucking gem. And I actually do think Aquafina is kind of good. She, she just needs to lay off the apologies. She's not good at them. <laughs> she also kind of plays like she's just really good at playing one character. Yeah. But hey, a lot of people have made that entire yeah. career out of just playing yeah. a character. Keith? Makes me want to watch Crazy Rich Asians again, though. Oh, that movie ruled. God, I want the second one to come out. Stupid COVID has delayed it. Damn. You know what else COVID delayed was the, the Schumacher cut, or the Shoemaker cut, as I'm going to call it. Shoemaker? Yeah. You mean that thing that you are not putting out, even though you've already stolen it? No, I've decided to re-edit it into um, <laughs> foot porn. But then it's, it's not the be... Schumacher cut. You've no, turned it the... into the Keith cut. No, the shoemaker cut. It's called because it's feet. <laughs> I just want I, I I really want to see a movie that Keith edits, but somehow <laughs> like a lot of the clips are him struggling <laughs> how to edit it. Yeah. It's, it's just like, like... It's like for some reason Keith's on a webcam and he's just like film like he's filming himself put the movie together and then like you see like Batman sliding down <laughs> something, all of a sudden it cuts to Keith going like son of a bitch. It's like what and is and happening? So what's supposed to be happening now is Batman's feet are supposed to be the center of the camera and he's slowly taking his boots off. <laughs> so Keith is doing that, you know, the Batman zoom in of like the pecs, the butt, the boobs, the head. But for Keith, it's just left foot, right foot, double foot. Yeah. Okay. That's it. That, all right. That, that's all I have to plug right now. Uh, Uselube.com. Uselube.com. Yeah. Where you can get Keith's uh, foot scent. <laughs> but coming up next week here on fake movie experts will be oceans eight you can find all of us on all the social medias facebook twitter and the instagram you can follow go to no entertainment.com that's right no entertainment.com where we do our blogs we do podcasts everything that we do for you you can also Listen to us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, and you can listen to us wherever you listen to your podcasts. 
Do you know what else find it weird that they uh, got Sandra Bullock, the person people confuse for Julia Roberts all the time, to play Danny Ocean's uh, sister? Yeah.